0: Hi there. My name's Jack, and I love horrible movies. Each week on the Horrible Movie Podcast, producer Phil, a guest, and I talk about a horrible movie. We talk about the actors, directors, the budget, the box office, and like thereof. You also get silly songs, fake commercials, and too much fun to list on this promo. Available everywhere you get your podcast. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible.
1: Recorded live. You know, at the time of uh, recording. You're listening to the Hot Takeout Podcast, the only podcast with a 30 minutes or less guarantee, or it's free. And now your host, Chad Bradley. Can I take your order? Hey, thanks for pressing play on the Hot Takeout Podcast. Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network, you can find your favorite podcast at www.spreaker.com forward slash Studio DNA. Now, this week, I must say, worked out beautifully. I probably couldn't have planned it to work out any better, and I didn't actually plan it. So that's probably why it worked out so well. Maybe I should stop planning things. So, quick preface if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode with John Cooper talking about faith influencers walking away from the faith, you might want to go back and listen to that episode because we reference it several times in this episode. And I'm actually talking to a faith influencer, a worship leader, singer, songwriter, Chris Brown from Elevator. Worship, And yes, we talk about food. We talk about what he eats on the road and some weird stuff in his diet. But we also dive deep back into the conversation about faith influencers, the pressures they face, the checks and balances required to live that kind of a lifestyle. And in my humble opinion, he gives some phenomenal answers. All of that and more in this week's episode. Echo, your new song out featuring Torn Wells is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Awesome. Thank Thank you, man. Thank you so much. How did you guys convince Torn Walls to be on that with you?
0: (laughs) You know, Torn's been a, um, been a, it, it was, it was rather easy. He's been a friend of the ministry for, gosh, I don't know, like seven, eight years. And he was coming, he would just pop in on weekends, like randomly, not because we asked him, to come and sing. He would just come and attend church when he was close or whatever. So we, you know, have obviously had a friendship for quite some time and when we were thinking about uh, what this song needed to be when we actually recorded it for the first time, it's just, the echoes, just such a fun, like, goodbye song and Torin, I mean, he just drips, you know, like, he's just so fun to be around and he's filled with joy all the time. So, I mean, it was kind of an easy, easy thing to be like, Torrance gotta be on this song. And, uh, and like I said, he was coming through church a lot. So it was so fun to have him hop on and partner with him. And when we were thinking about putting it to radio, me and him doing it together was just, just felt like the right move.
1: decided Out in what well, just like nine days from now, the thirtieth.
0: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, I, man, it's crazy. I always feel like we're existing in different, um, like our ministry, our songs is existing in different hemispheres or like meaning timelines. Like we have this new project coming out, but we just sent Echo, which for us is like a year old. Yeah. To, to radio, but um, we're really excited. This new project at midnight is the title of it. There's a new. Single that is out as well called See a Victory, and but these these songs have been ones where you know we've been doing in church for just a few months, and we wanted to record it right right away. We got together on a Wednesday night at our at one of our campuses, and just had a night of worship. And I mean, at, at Midnight itself is taken from Acts 16. There's that, that that passage where Paul and Silas are in have been put in prison, and the King James version says, you know, at midnight they were singing praises and uh, uh, thanksgiving to to God, and then immediately their chains fell off. There was an earthquake. And so it's really just this, the title is kind of, you know, taken from that and just talking about the power of worship, right? That they were, here's these two, um, heroes of our fate, and they chose worship when they were in prison and the power that it had and it's a little uh, it's a little cute because music usually drops at midnight on uh <laughs>
1: on platforms
0: so yeah, we're excited to have it out
1: Josh said that when you tour, he said to make sure that I ask you about food that you like on the road
0: <laughs> well i'm I'm a pretty healthy eater, so I think like most of uh Look, I d I don't know I don't know if he if he has something in mind, but for me I'm like <laughs> I'm avoiding carbs at all costs. So which is very hard and at, we always have these uh like after show food is what it what it's called, right? They'll have food that gets brought in at like eleven o'clock to on the bus and it's always pizza and wings and just the worst like the best food but like the most unhealthy food. Right. So I'm over there eating a little salad at 11 o'clock at night while the rest of our team is, is you know, chowing down on pizza. And I'm just... So it's it's truly the worst way to end my night. I end my night angry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, it makes sense that you would not love being around pizza and wings after a show where you've exerted yourself. And for me, when I am tired and exhausted, eating bad, that's when it's the easiest.
0: I know, but... I I, I guess I feel bad, too. Like, I've had to tell our manager, like, you just got to have that option for me because if if I don't have an option of a salad or just grilled chicken or something and broccoli. But, I mean, truth be told, I do like eating healthy. My, My wife is an amazing cook, and she, like, loves finding new ways to make up healthy desserts or healthy whatever. So I actually enjoy it. But if I didn't have the option afterwards, I would come back from tours, 15 pounds, 20 pounds heavier every time. <laughs> if the option is not there, my self-control isn't strong enough to just say, yeah, I'm not going to eat.
1: <laughs> that that checks out. Do you have any food allergies, any food restrictions?
0: No, none. I can eat anything. And I mean, if, if I'm going to choose to break my diet or just break my normal eating habits. And, I mean, I'm going full tilt on everything I can find. Dessert, I love them, whatever. Pizza is my favorite. The thing with pizza truly is, and this isn't an exaggeration, if I start, I can't stop. Like, nothing in my mind tells me, you're full. So I'm like eight pieces in, nine pieces in. I, there is no like, okay, I'm I'm satisfied at four pieces. I'm like, I'm going to eat the whole thing. I'm know? with you.
1: It's funny when people are like, oh yeah, we'll get this little pizza. We'll all split it. I'm doing the math. I'm doing the pizza math where you're like, there's 10 of us for and sure. you want to get one large pizza. That is not going to be Absolutely enough not. for me. I don't know what you guys are eating.
0: <laughs> right. Absolutely. We're not splitting. A medium pizza. We're not splitting a large pizza. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have six at least.
1: I could split a large pizza and be somewhat okay if I split that large pizza with one other person. But that's it. One more person into that equation, it's all off. I like. Why am I even right. doing this? I will just eat salad if I can't have half of a pizza.
0: I'm with you, man.
1: You said you love desserts. What's your, what's your go-to dirty secret dessert?
0: Favorite dessert. Like if we're out, my wife and I, we're out for a nice. Uh, dinner. I'm always. It's kind of a light dessert, but I always like cream brulee. So like that's my favorite mm. top dessert. I just. I love it. Cheesecake is going to be next though. So I can just kill normal New York style cheesecake. I love it. So I like. I like rich desserts.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, my my wife will go. Oh, I'll have. I'll have this piece of rich dessert, but I'll have just a sliver. And I'm like, it kind of goes back to the pizza thing. It's like, no, if I'm doing this, yeah. I'm doing this. I'm committing to eating all of this and whatever you don't eat.
0: Oh, totally. I'm um, I'm right there with you. Like, we, we were actually out, my wife and I, um, we were out last night with, with a couple of our friends here in Charlotte, and they had this, I just, I just said I understand that I, I normally don't eat bread, but it's kind of one of those things I found an easy excuse. It's like, hey, we haven't seen these friends in quite some time. We're out for a nice dinner. They bring, and it was a tapas, you know, place so you order like small little thing and every uh, small little plates and everybody's sharing and everything and they bring, you know, of course, amazing bread right out right at the beginning that they they bake and you know it's all local and all this stuff. So my wife's like, well, Chris isn't going to eat any, and I sit there for 15 minutes and watch them eat this bread, uh. and then something went off, and I was like whatever. We haven't seen them in a while. This is my excuse. You know, easy, easy way to I'll eat bread. And I didn't stop eating bread the rest of the night. Like they kept bringing little small plates of other things, little hanger steak and little shrimp and all this stuff. And then it came dessert time. Same thing. Like normally I wouldn't order dessert because I just know to avoid it. And I found an easy, well, we're out. We might as well. And I'm ate the whole, that's like, we can share one. Nope.
1: Isn't that funny how that works out where you your friends who you've not seen in a long time they're the reason that you're doing what you're doing but they could care less if you had the bread or the dessert they don't care what you're eating but like i know in my my mind's like i'm like yes i'm with friends i'm going to indulge i'm going to but they don't care <laughs> it's just the thing that i'm like ah this is this is the reason I'm going to be fat today.
0: Yeah. It's a sad reality that I can, you know, find easy ways to become a victim really in this whole narrative of, of <sighs> eating. Like it's not my, it, it's them that has done this. Chris, can I
1: do a hard shift real fast? Uh, I was just thinking through some talking with John Cooper last week and a lot of what he said about, I don't know if you read his post about, uh, yeah, yeah. Faith influencers kind of walking away from the faith. Uh, and, you yourself, under his definition, would be a faith influencer. I guess just for sake of comparison, what pressures do you feel in the light of writing music for the body of Christ, uh, for those that are coming to worship? I'm sure there's a lot of pressure to be theologically accurate. But what kind of pressures do you face, and then how do you handle those? And I'm going to add like one other tag question here. How do you stay grounded? How do you keep yourself from getting to that overwhelmed frustrated place and then just allowing yourself almost to use those same same kind of excuses. Like when we're out with friends where you're like, Oh, I haven't seen him in a while or I'm tired. I'm going to eat all this stuff. It's really easy for people that when they get emotionally or spiritually tired to kind of drift and walk away, like how do you protect yourself from that?
0: Yeah, such a good question and good conversation. You know, when I read his, his article or his response last week, I was really cheering, and I and I don't know him; we've not met yet. But I was just such a such a fan of what he was saying, and I have some other friends. But here's what it, what it felt like to me: it's refreshing to hear such an unapologetic love and passion, and just you know, stance and response on on God's word and the importance of it. And I, I mean, I'll kind of answer your 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 bonus question first for me you, that there's a scripture psalm 92 that says those who are planted in the house of the lord will flourish in the courts of their god they'll steer, still bear fruit in old age and that scripture has always been such a lighthouse for me and i love the local church like i grew up i grew up in church and my dad was a pastor for 26 years recently retired my context is similar to I think a lot of people today and friends who've grown up in church and I growing up in church and my dad being a pastor I I was exposed and I, my parents did a good job of not airing you know all the all the grievances maybe they were experiencing and now that I'm in ministry know that they experienced they didn't do that at home a lot but I was I was exposed obviously to a certain degree of like especially the older I got as a teenager. There's hurt in the church, right? Mm. Like, people get hurt. Um, And now I've been in ministry serving at a local church level for 12 years. I've caused hurt because I'm flawed, you know? I've not led in certain seasons properly or I've made mistakes. And I've also, you know, been the recipient of other people's mistakes. However, Psalm 92, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God— that has always just been my desire. And now that I have two kids and we're raising a family, like what I want is, you know, in the, the, the rest of that scripture, they'll still bear fruit in old age. Like that's, that's like an amazing promise. Like when I'm 70 years old, I want the promise of God that we see there, that I'm still going to be seeing evidence of fruit in my life at that you know, in old age, so to speak, because I remained in you know planted and, and and I understand like that's not even that's that's not speaking so specifically to like in one church, of course, just god's God's body and god's God's church. But I think like what that takes is a commitment to stay consistent in any season where you have experienced hurt staying consistent and understanding you can't put such a reliance on, you know, a flawed human. You put your reliance and your trust in yeah. in God, and, and you just still believe the best. I think it takes believing the best about people. It takes, of course, believing the best about God's church and, and the mission of it. So to start with your bonus question, that's, that's what's kept me grounded through years, and through moments when I'm like, wow, this is like, this is hard. Like there's seasons that are tough. Yeah. Um, this isn't easy, but I'm like, I I want a reputation of someone who remained. I want a reputation of someone who is consistent and you don't get a reputation like that overnight. You don't get that reputation really over a year. Like it takes years to cultivate that and for someone to say that individual was truly planted and that's what I want to model for my kids, and I think it's very, very important in the culture today and in the culture that they're going to be growing up in that they see this model mm-hmm. of, you know, <clears throat> the first sign of, of, of hurt. You know, there's, there's not a fleeing mentality. And, and to answer your, your other question um, just about writing, I think the position, the unique position that Elevation is in, is we have Pastor Stephen, our lead pastor, as a songwriter. So I knew him in high school first, you know, before he was a, a pastor or planted the church. When we were teenagers, we were playing in bands together. And so I knew him as this songwriter and this musician. And so for the last, I mean, Elevation as a church is going on 14 years. And for goodness, the last eight years or so, seven, eight years, he started being involved seven or eight years ago he started getting involved in, in songwriting again for us or with us and since then really he's been an integral part of what we're writing and the sound that we're producing but of course also the, the 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 content the lyric content the theology behind it so i do think that's quite unique for anyone who is writing i think they're they're always in a local i'll say in a church context, I think there always needs to be checks and balances on on the theology of what's being put out. But we are in a unique position where it's in alignment both with the vision of our church from like a a sound standpoint, but it's certainly always being held up against God's word and and the truth. So I think we're very fortunate and blessed. And it is a unique situation that he's a creative like that. Our pastor is a creative like that and brilliant at it. But I think he also sees the importance of, well, hey, like God's given me this gift. And I also have this unique role to, to play in helping shape the theology of People's relationship with God, right? He'll say a lot of times, like I mean, he preaches a sermon every six days. He'll say people sometimes will remember a sermon. Maybe one line of a sermon will stick out every once in a while. But music, the ability that writing has um, and music has to get into people's spirits and minds and hearts, that's something different altogether. And songs, as we know, like stick with us for years. And if we're sh- if we're talking like impacting, influencing, and sh- helping shape someone's theology of God, I mean, good grief, what a responsibility and what a, a weight. And uh, so we got to take it seriously. And, and I'm glad he's, he's always checking that and he's involved.
1: <laughs> it's almost a, a beautiful, perfect fallback to be like, look, if there's any problems, he, he's the guy, like blame him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, the the, the other side of it, I'm, I'm sure you guys probably feel this from time to time is anytime in Christian or it's just really easy in Christian circles for people to look at the context of a song and not really understand the context of a song or the place of writing but because it is a song sometimes things are open to interpretation maybe not so much in worship but maybe in other other genres or other styles of christian music especially it can be put under a microscope pretty easily because it's it's an it is an an artist expression it's not the bible and so there sure. there's always a fine line that needs to be walked but i i i appreciate what you said because i've experienced it where music has given me words to pray when i couldn't think of words to say when i couldn't think of what i wanted to say i thought back on a song that gave me words to be able to express to god how i was feeling in a season of life and that's sure. i mean that's priceless it's it's absolutely priceless yeah Thank you for your time, Chris. I appreciate you.
0: Yeah, this was great. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I would have this conversation every single time. I love it
1: then subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. And if you do, thank you so much. You're the best. Follow on social media. Search Hot Takeout Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let's interact more there. Let me know who you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. Doesn't mean I'm going to listen, but at least I'll know in my heart of hearts. And I think that's really what's important. A chance for you to support this podcast as well on Patreon. Just search Hot Takeout Podcast there. You, yes, you, could have access to some never before heard content saved just for support. So go and check it out. And seriously, thanks for listening. Catch you next week.